Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to the Isles Buzz Podcast. This is your one-stop shop for everything surrounding your New York Islanders. And now, here are your hosts, Dan Petru and Noel Fogelman. And thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Isles Buzz Podcast, part of the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network, lighthousehockey.com. Check out all the amazing shows, Islanders Anxiety, PT Isles. I think Dan Saracini is having a brand new my favorite Islanders game this week. Uh, there's also the award winners and Lighthouse Look Back featuring Tom Pody. Rumor has it there might be an episode next week. I haven't confirmed it yet. And um, we'll go from there. But Dan, uh, this was like probably one of the worst on ice weeks for the Islanders in quite some time. Uh, yeah, well, also after all that rambling, you also failed to mention that we have a guest today. Yes, we do. I figured, you know, I, I got to throw something your way so you can figure you can mention the guest. It was like nine minutes later. Yes, joining us today from the New York Post, Molly Walker. Uh, she's been writing a lot on the team lately. She's been in that locker room a lot. And uh, so we talked to her about what's going on with this team. And, you know, you mentioned Dan Saracini's uh, My Favorite Islander game. I can think of one that will not be on the list, and that was Saturday's game against the Capitals. Yeah, probably the last four, last five games, or five games, yeah. I, I don't really count the um, the Red Wings game because they had to win that game, whatever. That's that's a throwaway. But the, the let's recap the four losses because they were all different. They were all original losses. If, if you think about <laughs> it, you know. Could, okay, we'll we'll start with you know last uh, Monday against the Rangers. Um, Jordan Everly scores right off the bat. You know things are looking good. Rush Johnson 
bunch of bunch of body blows to Michael Haley. You know, I texted you about five minutes before that happened. I'm like, when do you think they're going to go? He's like, I don't think they're going to go today. Sure enough, they did. Uh, I don't think that was the um, the turning point at that point because the Islanders had a couple good shifts after that. I really think it was that Jasper Faskell that shouldn't have counted because he broke uh, Letty's stick. I think that was the turning point of the game. That was all downhill from there. I think the uh, the Rangers uh, surprised the Islanders with their speed. They jumped right. all over them, and the Islanders. It is, one thing is clear as day: they have a hard time with teams that are fast, and uh, that is, that is showing a lot lately. Yeah, they they totally surprised the Islanders with, with their speed. I think they kind of uh, you know re- regrouped a little bit on you know, on Thursday. We'll get to that in a little bit, but I mean just just watching them go up and down, and especially Panarin, which. A whole time seeing him score nine million points, thinking what could have been with him on a on a line with Matt Barzal would have been truly amazing. Yeah, I try to think about it. It's not good for the psyche. Yeah, right. But you know, it's, it's pretty. Like, you know, it's like, I I don't think he ever wanted to come here. I think he used this as leverage. That's why I'm not even mad at him. Like, you know, no one booed him or anything like that. It wasn't like this. Some Ranger fans were asking if it was gonna be like a John Tavares type return. It's like no, no, it's not definitely going to be. Not. Yeah, no, definitely not. Well, it's pretty funny if if you look at it. Uh, Ryan Strom was having a fantastic year. Uh, good for him. He'd be leading the Islanders in points right now. Tony D'Angelo will be leading the Islanders in points. Yeah, and he yeah he he's another fantastic player. They have a lot of good young um, young defensemen, offensive defensemen. Cause but they can't. They still back. can't play. Yeah, they still can't play a lick of defense. And the Islanders cannot no. score against Korkiev. Lundqvist is never going to play against the Islanders again. No, he shouldn't. I don't think he's going to. He's like the J.F. Ruby of the Rangers now. With the three goalies, and he should he should waive that no trade clause and go to Colorado and but he won't. Colorado. He had a chance I, to last year. It's ridiculous. I mean, you would think now. I mean, they're, they're writing he's like basically the Eli Manning of the New York Rangers as well. There's there's no future for him. Why? You know, you have two Russian goaltenders and who can split time for years to come. I mean, I, I don't know why we're talking about Rangers now, but he's just being selfish. I feel. Yeah, I, you're right. Let's, you know, let Blucher banter or another podcast talk about that. Um, yeah. the second game against the Rangers was better. Um, but still some stupid penalties, uh, some horrific officiating, which seems to be a trend. I, I can't even blame the officiating because I expect it to be bad every night now. Um, and once again, the Islanders have to work so hard to get every opportunity. And it seems like these other teams can score a lot easier because they have so much more talent. That's one thing is being is pretty obvious. The Rangers top six, the Capitals top six, even the Hurricanes top six. You look at all these. The Islanders have one of the worst, but maybe not so much top six, but collectively top nine. They have just a, a serious void of talent in that top nine. And there's also, like I said, I mentioned earlier, there is a serious lack of speed on this team, and it's exposed against teams that can skate. Yeah, and then you. you, you... You look at you know Matt Barzal who leads the league in turnovers. Now you know why because there's no one for him to you know to like. He's doing too with. much though. He's also he can he can cut those he down. Does, he does. He does. He was but playing his best hockey of the year when he was shooting the puck. That seems to be going away again. Yeah, he he, need, he needs to do that again. But like I said, well we'll skip over Detroit because that you know whatever. Yeah. That, that that had their NHL team. The Ranger game you mentioned the officiating was bad, and we could talk about Broussard's you know ill-advised penalty you know whether you call that or not i i used to be like that it's like swallow the whistle the last couple of minutes of the game in overtime my philosophy has changed over the years now because you should call the game you call penalty in the first two minutes of the, of the, of the game it should be the last two minutes of the game. call it consistent 
the referee should dictate the beginning of the game what you're going to call. Yeah, but they're, not, they're not calling those. But they're not calling the penalties in the first minute of the game either. You know what? Then that's fine. Don't call in the last minute. Dict- it's it's like in baseball. If, if you have an umpire who has a wide strike zone, it's going to be wide in the first inning. And it's going to be wide in the, in the ninth inning. Keep keeping consistent th- throughout the game. That's all I ask. You know, it, that was a penalty. They called it. They shouldn't have been in that spot anyway. It was a terrible penalty for Broussard to take, but it was a penalty. Yeah, I mean, it probably was. It is interesting that he got sideways off that cross check. So I, I definitely think there was some embellishment there as well. And, you know, and I don't think he took a dive. I just think he definitely sold that. Right. And it was also the, the back official who called it. That It's been happening a lot more. The well, I mean, I, I, you know, no, I did talk to somebody about that um, who has experience. In, in, and they, they, you know, the, the front referee is taught to look at the puck, especially when it's down by the goal line. And the trail referee is looking for infractions. Okay, but it seems right, like so that's. It, but still, it seems like you would see that if it's four feet in front of you. Right. So, how how would you explain then the uh, cross check against Jordan Eberle then? That should have been a major. It should have been, and he should have been suspended again. I know. Well, you know, like I said, player safety and put it in air quotes. The ref. Yeah. The, this is the worst thing. It's not just the folks. It's not just happening to the Islanders. We watch games every night. It's right. league wide. It's league-wide bad. Ask any fan of any team, and they'll give you 15 examples from the last two games. The I, I and Nolan had talked about this off off um, camera, I guess. I don't know what you would say off uh, <laughs> over our lunch over our lunch break. Um, but um, we talked about that's just maybe this game is too fast for these officials. Yeah, and you know, I and I mentioned to you about bringing another official in, but I mean. That might crowd the ice a little bit, or even I like you, could, you can have an official in the in the stands. Yeah, you know, like like between the benches, you know, right next to Pierre Maguire or something like that. But, yeah. You know, but yeah, and then we move on to Saturday's game, which, oh. um, yeah, I mean, we talk about official officiating, you know, horrible penalties start off the, you know, the game where uh, was Everly wasn't even near him, but but they, you know, they they got to make a call right away. They knew it, but okay. Whatever, um, you know, I'm just big lead in the in the in the, in the second period, four one. Uh, we could all talk about Devontae's celebration. I don't think it was a big deal. I don't think it was the reason why they lost. No, people. it definitely was that. The neutrals, their their defensive zone coverage was the reason they lost. Yeah. No, of course, I know Trotz wasn't happy with it. Okay, whatever, it happens. But the fact that they came out knowing that the Capitals were going to make a push, and mm-hmm. you, you mentioned top sixes. And they have a ton of weapons. Ovechkin. I mean, I don't have to name everybody because we'll be here all day. They have a ton of weapons, and they they have, they have Backstrom, Kuznetsov, Ovechkin, Verana, Verana, and Wilson, right? And what do you even mention Oshi? I mean, I mean, and there's Oshi. There's six. Listen, they have practically four all stars there. Yeah, you know. And then we can even go with the defenseman. I mean, it's 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 an all star. That's why they're the, the cream of the crop of the East. And the honors are not even in their class. In They're not in the same. No, but they can play with them. They can play with them. They, they can play with them, and, and it shows that they can play with them. They can play with the Penguins, too. Also, the Penguins have a ton of firepower. But it's – I don't I – don't, it was just very frustrating, and it was probably the worst loss in the last five years, regular season loss. But you move on. They had a quick turnaround against Carolina, 
And they played they played an Islander hockey game. I hate using that term, but they Which played is what boring an in, in, in a match, boring not match to one loss. Yeah. yeah, a boring one loss. Um, you know, scary moment in you know pregame with uh, Matt Martin getting hit in the head with a puck, but you know he he was okay. Um, the, their goal was fluky and it was also offside, so I wonder why the, uh, the Islander video crew didn't get an angle of that to challenge it. Yeah, that was offside. I, I saw that after the fact. Um, but you know, here's the bottom line though. Yeah, they played okay. Uh, yeah, the, you know, they, this is probably one of the better games they played in weeks, but once again, you gotta be able to score more than one goal on James Reimer. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, they, come on. They, and they had a worker that one goal too. They had and, to work their ass off for that one goal. Yeah. Nothing and, is know, coming easy. No, nothing is. And you can complain all you want about the bad ice and, and the shootout, but you know what? It was terrible. Yeah. It was terrible. Barzell had the, you know, the breakaway. They, like you said, they have to score more than one goal on, on Reimer. I mean, it's just, even with their front top six, you have to score more. I know he's playing right. well. Grice played very well. And of course, it, you know, Justin Williams had to score that goal in his first game back. I mean, that, that could have been written any better. Yeah, it would help if you can actually, you know, I know the ice was bad. So if you know the ice is bad, don't deke. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I'm not, it's but, hard for me to know, get mad about a shootout. Shootouts are shootouts, right? They should yeah, have I mean, been in that situation. You should be able to score two goals on James Reimer, whose pillows, who is whose um, pads are basically like pinball bumpers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As well as or as poorly as you play in, in regulation over time, I mean, shootout is just you know it, it, it's another beast altogether. So. Whether they lost the game, they played well. They played Islander hockey, didn't score. They lost two. I don't like Islander hockey. Islander hockey is unimaginative. It's boring. It's a bad power play. No, but you know what? I mean, we talk. We need to talk about how bad the power plays because they're actually getting power play chances now, and now it's just the power play is bad again. Yeah, I mean, it's. uh, I don't know if somehow Scott Gomez returned and no one, you know, told him he was fired. He pulled George Costanza and just came (laughs) back. I, I I don't know. It's it's been pretty bad. They've been getting opportunities. Uh, even Michael Del Cole was on the power play yesterday, replacing. Yeah, Kelly. that's a cry for help. It, it, exactly. Well, you're not going to get the help. I mean, it's you know, you know, you know, it's not coming, fans. I mean, it's th- this is the team you're getting, and I'm sorry because how many more opportunities? This if, if this nothing happens as after this week, you know, nothing's going to happen. Period. It's, you think so? Yeah. I mean, you know what's going to happen? They'll they'll end up trading like a second round pick for Kovalchuk when they could have had him for seven hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, that's true. Or was it? Uh, they, yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, yeah. they won't give up a second rounder for no, him. I'm Kovalchuk. joking. That would be absurd. I'm, I'm joking. It'd be like a fifth round pick, but still, it's it, it's an asset though that they yeah. didn't need to trade. Uh, yeah, have. but you you would trade a fifth round pick for Kovalchuk. Oh, absolutely. The way they're on his draft, yeah, absolutely, I would. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and we'll, we'll get to that in a couple minutes too. But um, yeah, uh, so t- you know, with tomorrow night, Gorgiev is starting. Uh, I'd imagine Grice is going to be back because I think they'll, they'll let him ride. I mean, they haven't announced it yet, right? Who's going to start? No, they haven't. No, you might as well start Grice again. He was good. He was yeah, very good. Good, and I, I, I'd imagine they would start the rotation once they get back from the break and the bye. Yeah, you would think so. That that worked, and you know, Volamov hasn't been very good lately. Uh, but, but the, uh, you well, know, I can't get on him for that either. Look where these chances are coming from. No, I mean, I, I'm not either. But I mean, because he's he was he when he was good, he was really good this year. But mm-hmm. 
the defense is, it has struggled as well. It yeah. really has. And Boychuk and Mayfield have oh, – it's just they have such a difficult time moving their feet. They have such a difficult time moving the puck. And I think I really think it's hurt the overall defense as a whole. I know Taze and Pulak can be better, and I think they will be. I, I, I believe in those two. Dobson is a 19-year-old finding his way. Um, but they need, they desperately need Nick Letty to be Nick Letty. And, uh, because this version of Nick Letty last year and a half is, is, I don't know who this guy is. Yeah, he's okay in his own end now. He's down to minus 30, but he doesn't move the puck anymore. He doesn't skate with the puck. He's not dynamic offensively. And they need something like they need, uh, if they they need someone in the, on the back end that can move the puck right now. It's, you know what? And it's been two years now. You know, but that's since, part of the problem uh, with your offense too. If you can't get a good breakout. Yeah. I know. It's, you can't just rely on bars all every time. Taze can carry the puck, and Pollock's been fine. Like, look, I know they they haven't had the best week at all, but the whole team hasn't. They they it's just so glaring how much they they have no replacement for Adam Pollock. No, and you know, obviously that once again falls on the general manager. I mean, you know, some bad luck with Hickey being hurt because he would be up here. But you have Sebastian Ajo who basically got thrown in in a bad situation a couple of years ago and looked okay. He looked yeah. like he belonged. When, you know, uh, Taze got hurt and was, he would have been the immediate call up. I, I know Van Asample, Mitchell Van Asample, who we'll talk about in a little while, he possibly would have been called up too. I think he was kind of next on the, on the line as well, who was very good in the AHL before he got uh, hurt, you know, in training camp, missing the year, AHL all-star. But you got to bring somebody in then. And, and, and I'm not talking about superstars for forwards or defensemen. Right. You can bring this into shake up the the lineup i i, I just like i mean like if you have empty roster spots why is bellow still down there right now exactly what, what would it hurt to give him a couple games i mean because look i like i said before you have johnston and martin and Komarov and dal cole and kunakal although i think kunakal has been the best of that group but you put them all together they're like the same player which yeah. is not good yeah they and, try yeah, very and, hard but they don't have talent does that make sense? It, Offensive it, it, No, absolutely. And, you know, having Clutterbuck out kills them. And I didn't think it would be th- this much of a, a loss, but it really is. Yeah, they are just so void of off- offensive firepower. Yeah. I don't think I mean, Trotz wants to play this way. Why would he? No. Absolutely. I mean, tr- you know, Trotz has a system, and it works, but also he had a system, and he had Kunetsov, he had Ovechkin, he had Oshi, Oshi he had guys that's true. You know, it's mean, like he has an expansion. He, it's like he's coaching like he has an expansion team roster, you know? Yeah. And there's, you know, no help coming in, in from the Mikers too. It's I all mean, on Lou, dude. It's all on Lou. He yeah, has to, he has to do something. And if he's not doing something, he's telling you this team's not good enough. And that's gotta be, that's gotta be a real gut punch to the locker room too, if nothing happens. Cause this team's trying. It just doesn't have enough talent. Yeah. The effort's there. It's, but the thing is, you know, last year, obviously they surprised a ton of people what they did. They won around, made a second round. This team basically came back intact. You know, obviously right. different goalie, but they really didn't, you know, lose any talent, gain any talent. Right. And the and they're still projected to be a first round, protecting second round. And and I know fans like, oh well, Lou is doing a good job. The team is good, but don't you want to be better? No. The the, the, the idea, the job, the idea, or the goal is to win the cup. Right, exactly. Not, not to make the playoffs every year. I, at I, least I, get to the conference finals. Exactly. And, and you look at Pittsburgh, right? How, Sidney Crosby was out for what, two months? 
Yeah, look at their record with him out. Exactly. And now they're six points ahead of the Islanders. And they'll make a move at the deadline. They'll make a move through a play. Caps chance. will make a move at the deadline. Caps will make the move. And we all know the unpredictability of the Blue Jackets, who will make a move as well. They're mm-hmm. right on the island. Carolina makes a move. Hell, you know, we all know Philly. And I mean, I, I, I think the Rangers won't. I think they'll might trade pieces. They'll sell. You know, Kreider, and we all know the honors aren't making a trade with the Rangers, but because Kreider would be the perfect guy. He would help. He would certainly help. You know, I mean, Buffalo's out of it, of course. Do they look to move pieces? Other pieces on that team you want to want to take? And you're looking basically at Ottawa, and everyone's going to look at Ottawa. But I think you're going to have other teams emerge. I think Nashville end up be sellers. I think Winnipeg could be sellers. If things are not, there's something. Things are very wrong right there. You can yeah, see Anaheim being – Anaheim could be a seller. Yeah, as bad as uh, Winnipeg's been, they're still right in that division too. Yeah, but they're, they're, they've lost like six in a row. No, I, I know, but they, they can – they're, they're just there's – there's a mess in that locker room right now too. So uh, I, I do think – I think, like I said, I think Anaheim – there's a lot of forwards in Anaheim that could help this team. Yeah, there's a lot of bad contracts too. <laughs> no, but I mean Ricard Raquel could help this team. Ricard Raquel, uh, Silverberg. Uh, you know, yeah. Kyle. Those guys, uh, you know, Minnesota's, you know, out of it as well. We all know the Kings. I mean, you can get Tyler Toffoli as a rental. You know, I know you mentioned Dustin Brown, all that, all mm-hmm. that contract. There are guys. I mean, it doesn't have to be, you know, all or nothing. It doesn't have to be Pajot. You or, can make a hockey trade. Exactly. And Lou has not made a hockey trade. No, he's traded. There's been one trade, January 3rd, 2018, Matt Martin. Right. July, July 3rd. Sorry, July. Yeah, July yeah. July 3rd, 2018. That was the last time this team made trade. It only seems like it's been two, over two years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, the uh, the Athletic came out with uh, – Scott Wheeler from the Athletic came out with – he's starting to do his annual rankings of the organization's uh, farm system. And got to the Islanders, who they're ranked 24th, which I think is completely fair. Uh, he didn't factor in Noah Dobson, who – Obviously, he's a regular now. I know you got. I think that's weird. Yeah, yeah. If you've played only 15 games in the NHL, you're still a prospect. Yeah, I mean, I don't because I think obviously he's going to be up with the Islanders all year. He's not going. Can't go back to juniors. But if he could, if he, but that how's that change? Like you know, like all of a sudden, like Sebastian Ajo is not a prospect because he got called up. He got sent back down. He'd be a prospect again. I I just think you need you need to set some kind of guideline in your rankings. If 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 you're still qualified as an NHL rookie. Then you 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 should still be a prospect. And like Sorkin's not in the list. Was he too old? You can't have all these stipulations. Yes, it's kind sir. of simplified. Yeah, wasn't on the list. So here here are the the his eligibility. Okay, uh, under twenty three. Okay, not mm-hmm. currently in the NHL. Okay. Okay. Either, either signed to an NHL contract or selected in the entry draft without the expiration of either of those rights. Okay. Uh, so. All right, so obviously that eliminates Dobson. Sorokin is, what, 24 now? Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, well, whatever. I mean, okay. So, he, so he Kaylor, has, he, Kaylor Yamamoto, who's played like 30 games for Edmonton, is up now, so he's not a prospect anymore. I just think it's stupid. Yeah, uh, apparently. And, and I guess Koivel would not be on the list had he wrote this a week ago. Exactly. That's what's so weird about it. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just going to – we'll break down a couple of, of the guys. And, okay, number one is Alba Wallstrom. Okay. Top prospect now, now that Dobson's not on the list. Um, basically, what would you think? You know, raw talent is, is there. Um, skating, you know, could be better. Also, uh, 
his uh, processing the game could also be better. Okay. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. He's he's thinking the game in slow motion right now. Not in a good way. Right. So number two is Bodie Wilde. And he who's only nineteen. Yeah. And he um I mean I've seen him a few a few games this year. What really kills him, I think, is starting off being injured in training camp. Sure, he so missed training camp. And he's also a defenseman. Defenseman, you know, mature differently differently, you know, slowly. He's he's got the body. He's six foot four, he's over two hundred pounds. He's got the body, good good speed, he's got great shot. Defensively, he's you know he's a work in progress. He's nineteen. 19 <laughs> that's fine. He's at least two years away. That's totally fine. So we'll move on to number three, and I, I would say most Islander fans forgot about this guy because I do sometimes too, and that's Robin Sallow. And yeah. he was the first pick in the seventeen draft because the Islanders traded away their number one pick. He was number two second round pick. Um, I've never seen him play, so I'm not going to make any um, you know. Evaluations. He basically uh, he says he fought for him during the draft. He really liked him, and uh, now he plays about 25, 30 minutes a game. So, um, yeah, all right. Hopefully we'll see him sometime, whatever. I don't know. Number four is Otto, Otto Koivula, who is 21. We all saw him a couple games. He looked okay. Um, he was a little slow, but um, – he struggled a lot this year in Bridgeport. You know, he's been hurt he on and off. He had the hat trick right before he got called up. But before that, he had a meeting with Thompson. He had a meeting with both Lamoureux, uh, because something was off with him. The meeting obviously helped because he did have the hat trick. The talent's there. Um, I think we'll see him again this year sometime because we all know they're not making trades, so they'll bring him back up. <laughs> but, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. Um, and I, I still think there's something there with Otto, and, you know, there's still plenty of time with him. Okay, number five, like I mentioned before, Mitchell Vandesample, which I found a little weird that he was this high in the list right now since he's out all year. Uh, he's 22. He's, I think he would have been up already. I think he probably, because he was really good the last couple of years in the AHL All-Star. He he's, was. He could, run, he could run the power plays, you know, he's very heady. Um, I think if everything is okay next year, he'll be fighting for a spot. Uh, number six, which was, I think, kind of uh, interesting uh, on the list. And Mind you, we haven't mentioned somebody on this list yet, Dan. Josh okay. And number uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Ruslan Ishikov, right? Ishikov. 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 Okay. All right. So he was number six. Uh, very small guy. I like him a lot. I've, I've seen him play a bunch of the last two years. I think he has a ton of potential. I think he might be turning pro at the end of this year. Okay. And who's, you know, at UConn. And if you want to see UConn, Quinnipiac, Yale, and Sacred Heart, right, Dan? This weekend, uh, yeah, SNY. SNY is starting 4 o'clock on Saturday. It will be uh, Holy Cross and – no, Quinnipiac and Holy Cross, yes. And then the, and right after that, an hour after that, you'll have UConn and uh, Yale. And then the two winners – third play, the two losers play on Sunday, followed by the two winners. And it's all at the uh, Bridgeport at Western Vic Arena in Bridgeport. Yeah, so go, go check it out. You can watch him play as well. You can watch um, me direct. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Which is always fun. Hey, you see direct to... a lot now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. just for a little insider information, we are working together again. Yes, we are working together and doing this together. So it's like, uh, you know, working with your um, spouse. It's a <laughs> lot. Good. I'm not going to lie. It's a lot. Exactly. We come home and have dinner together and talk about our days. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, 
So number seven is we finally get to Kiefer Bellows. And, okay, this is where we I kind of have an issue with uh, Mr. Wheeler here. Um, <laughs> okay, we all know he's a very streaky player. Obviously, he was, had a very inconsistent rookie year, to, to be uh, to be kind. Um, also, a very slow start to his sophomore year this year. But he took off AHL Player of the Month for December, scored a lot of goals. Um, what I really like about Bellows now is that he's creating his own shot and he's creating his opportunities. Something yeah, that, that, yeah, I don't think that we, uh, Scott has seen him enough because he basically said he needs players to get him the puck mm-hmm. to, to get a shot. During this streak, he did not. It's almost like what Michael Del Cole did last year. And right. everyone said, Michael Del Cole has a great shot. He needs to be able to create it and work from it. He was doing that before he got the call up. He's a totally different player now at the island. He's more of a defensive forward, which is kind of funny because that was always a knock on him. Well, but the problem is we, he can't create his own shot at the NHL level. He can't. And we don't know if Bellows can do the same because he hasn't gotten that opportunity yet. Right. We need to see him up here, like, now because he mentioning about the lack of scoring, there might be a chance that this guy could bring something to this team, especially in the power play. The thing is, you have an empty roster spot, so why not? Exactly. And especially if you're not going to call up Andrew Ladd. I don't know if that has to do with the salary cap, but owing him money. I don't I don't know if that's, that's true or not. But he's another guy who can be back up here right now. But I'm, I, I really don't want to go through the whole. I'll read one more guy. The next guy is Simon Holmstrom, the first-round pick from this year, who has been – one of the knocks on him before he got drafted was he can't stay healthy. He's pretty injury prone, and it's kind of been like that too. He's kind of been out of the lineup, you know, due to injuries a lot. Um, guys, when he has the puck, he's very noticeable, and he's a really good kid. We kind of talked about a couple episodes ago about his uh, kind of uh, how he discovered Reese's peanut butter cups. So that 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 was kind of funny at the Soundtaker dinner. But I, this kid is also a couple years away, 18. They have a lot of young players now in Bridgeport with Wallstrom, Bodie Wild, and Holmstrom. So we'll see what happens. If you want to see the rest of the list, go to the Athletic. Um, and Sorokin's not on there because of his um, Scott Wheeler's like a strange um, uh, what's it called, you know, rules. But he's Sorokin's also on Corey Prodman's list. The Athletic is lax with each writer's rules, so to speak. All right, so now it's time to get to the tweet of the week, and it's from uh, at A underscore Gillette 3, who basically figured out why the Islanders are struggling now. It's not scoring, but it's this reason. It's a very big reason. This date is December 5th. The New York Islanders are hosting the Vegas Golden Knights. But not only is there a hockey game, it is Radar's last game. So with the Radar, the the uh, Islanders are 19-6-2. and two. Perfect. That's a, it's a really good record. He'd be the Islander also representative. Without <laughs> Radar, they are nine nine and three. Ugh. So, so we're blaming Tori. Is what we're doing. We're we're blaming Tori now. I, I, absolutely. Or, or Radar. Speaking speaking of Twitter though, before before we get to Molly, speaking of Twitter, did you see what Scotty Mayfield tweeted last night? Uh, unfortunately, I did not, Dan, because. A lot, lot like me and a lot of Islander fans, he has blocked us for some reason. Uh, for some reason, I'm not blocked. Yeah, you know, so he's not just blocking shots. He's blocking uh, Islander fans on Twitter. Um, it, it was funny because someone mentioned on Twitter, like, Scott Mayfield blocked me. I never even tweeted at him. So, yeah, me neither. 
I'm like, interesting, but let me see what happened. Let me let me check and see if he's blocking me. Sure enough, he is. So I don't know what happened, Scott. Never really said anything bad about you. Always been good. Scott, to come me. on the show. Let's talk about it. Exactly. Always been good to my son Zach. But um, yeah, you know. But just just keep playing. I don't care if you block me. Just you know, keep playing well because you played a hell of a game against uh, Carolina. Well, you said the other day that his it's still, it takes him so long to get his shot off because he's busy blocking. He has one hand on his phone blocking everybody on Twitter. That is true. That that probably would have gotten me blocked. But but uh, yeah, I was I, I was proud of that line because he takes. I think it should be shot. Oh my god, he takes forever to get that shot off. <laughs> but, when, but when he does, it does go in sometimes, you know. It does, so, or it goes or it goes off the defense, but he shoots it right into the person in front of him. Yeah, exactly. You know, let's before we get to break, we never mentioned Noah Dobson's first goal. That was, was ugly. That was ugly, but you know what? The goal's a goal. It's like in baseball when you get your first hit, it's like a little dribble down the line. Especially when, when you, you know tell your kids coming. Oh god, exactly. When, when, when you tell your kids it's going to be a screaming line on down the line, so this was you know top shelf with a water bottle going off. But congrats, Noah. Hopefully many, many more goals, especially with the Islanders. And after the break, Molly Walker. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And joining us now is Molly Walker, uh, beat writer, I guess, for the Islanders for the New York Post. Uh, did, I, did I just give you a title or is that your official title now? <laughs> think he just gave me the title, which I really don't mind. <laughs> okay, there, there, but, uh, yeah, there, there's no, uh, you know, what's called pay increase with the title, so. <laughs> no, unfortunately not. Um, I'm actually a general assignment sports reporter, so um, I cover all the New York teams uh, for the sports section. But I have kind of been on the Islanders' beat the last week or so, so I guess it's appropriate for the time being. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, so. Two questions. How has that been? And do you think that the uh, all-star break slash bye week is coming at the right time for this team? Yeah, I mean, obviously I love it. Um, I'm a huge hockey girl. That's kind of my niche. Uh, so the fact that they, uh, you know, recognize that the Islanders, you know, are probably a, an interesting New York team to give some coverage to, uh, I was happy to step into that role for them. Um, but, yeah, I, I really do think the Islanders need a second to just, stop and breathe because this first like half and you know half in a few games of the season has been a roller coaster you know going from a 17 game point streak to the last you know two weeks or so has just been a pretty big contrast for them and uh, I think the emotion is starting to take a little bit of a toll so I think this break will be a good you know they'll take a step back you know be with the family for a little bit and then be dialed in and get ready to come back. Uh, Molly, is everything okay in the locker room? Because it just it just seems like something is off right now. And you've been in the locker room the last couple of weeks, so maybe you have a better perspective on this. It just seems like something's not right internally with this team right now. Yeah, and and uh, you know we were talking about it the other day with with Anders Lee that you know that it was an internal thing that was you know one of his. Uh, quotes after uh, the heartbreaking game to Washington the other day. Um, I, I don't know if I'd go as far to say that there is a noticeable, you know, major issue in the locker room right now. 
I think there's just a lot of frustration, you know, like they, they saw what they could do at the beginning of the season. They were riding pretty high and uh, it's gotten pretty low over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, it's not even just low. It's, you know, it's the nature of the losses. It's, you know, it's what's happened against the Rangers. It's what happened against Washington the other day. Uh, it's, it's also just the nature of how things have been going. So I think it's just frustration um, because, you know, there are, you know, players that, you know, have hit a little bit of a lag here that are starting to get back on the right track on offense and stuff and starting to break through. So I, I really don't, I wouldn't go as far to say that there's a disruption in the locker room, any one particular thing. I would just say it's frustration and, you know, they're trying to get back on the wagon and it's not coming as easily to them as I think they expected it to. I mean, you know, it, it's a long season and there's always, you know, peaks and valleys, obviously the peak um, came a little early this year. Uh, do the players like expect a move? Are, are they waiting for like a, a trade? I mean, because there it hasn't been a trade in, you know, well over a year and a half since Matt Martin, you know, returns. Mm-hmm. Are, are the players actually like expecting something to happen? I'm not sure if they're expecting anything. One thing that I think is a little bit peculiar is their decision not to carry an extra forward. Right. You know, they're they're willingly not carry. You know, they're willingly leaving players in Bridgeport that could come up. And you know, who knows? You know, who knows who bring who you bring up? Who who makes a spark? You never know. And they are willingly, you know, not doing that. So I think that's the only peculiar thing as far as the roster goes. But, I mean, obviously, Lou Lamorello and, and Barry, you know, they have a very good idea of what they want to do with this team and where they want to go. So I feel like if there was any indication that somebody was coming, maybe we could see it. But I haven't gotten that wind at all from them, except for the fact that, you know, they really could use that extra forward, but are not choosing to. <laughs> it also seems, too, like this that this team just simply has not replaced Adam Pellick. Um, is that something that you get the sense as well? Yeah, I definitely think Pellick was a pretty big, you know, hit to the roster as a whole. And, you know, they've had a couple of other injuries where, you know, you know, someone goes down and it really doesn't affect the lineup in any way, shape or form. But I think Pellick and, you know, when Fizikas was out for those two games, you know, it's those players, it was noticeable. And I definitely think Pellick was a really really big hit for them to take and you know you've got players like Noah Dobson who sometimes looks very lost at times you know you know he is a very very young player in that show so they do have you know the players that are stepping up are young you know like the Rangers you know it's a very very young pool underneath them and that's kind of disrupted some of the chemistry that they have going on in the lineup I feel. Are you kind of surprised um that Sebastian Ajo has been called up, hasn't got into a game because about two years ago when Devontae's would have gotten the call and he was out for the year, he got thrown in and he looked comfortable. He looked like he belonged. Are you kind of a little surprised that he hasn't gotten into a game yet? I think so because of how many coaches are so prone to, you know, switching up the lines and inserting different players to try to get a spark. But I think Barry Trotz is very, very confident in the group that he has. You know, he's seen what they can do. He knows what they can do. And I feel like he doesn't – I feel like he can get them back on that track that they were on, and he doesn't want to, you know – when you start bringing in players like that, when you start giving nods to other players that weren't getting that kind of time, it might, you know, 
speak into the other players' minds, you know, give them some doubt. And I think that he's trying to avoid that. And he's, you know, still playing the same players he's playing, still going with the same lineup and stuff like that to try and, you know, show them that he knows what they can do, has seen it, and that, you know, if they just stay on the wagon, you know, maybe they can get it back. But there's only so many games in the season and only so much time that he has to ride that out. And, and it's just right now it's really not working. So it might be in their best interest, you know, to try to give Fashion Ajo a look, to try to give, you know, those players more of a look um, because it's just not happening right now with what they have. It also just seems like the funk that they're in right now, every little mistake ends up in the back of the net and every bounce is going wide or every, like the Barzell hits the post the other night, every little thing that they're doing is not going right. And then every, like I said, every little mistake, it suddenly everything's been in the back of the net. I know Varlamov had a, a lion's share at the starts for a while and now Grice is, you know, he trots his hinted back to a rotation. Do you think, I know it's not just goaltending, but do you think overall this this team just has is suffering from a little bit of bad luck as well? 100%. I think they had a lot of really lucky bounces in the beginning. They had a lot of pucks go their way, and, you know, that just happens sometimes. You know, you don't go on a 17-game point streak without having a couple go your way. You know, like, and a couple of those losses were, I mean, a couple of those wins were in shootouts and overtime, you know, like, it, they were going down to the wire, so you have to have that luck on your side sometimes, but then there are going to be points in the season where that isn't happening for you, and you're going to need to go the extra mile. I think the goalie situation is extremely beneficial. If anything, I think, you know, having, you know, two different, you know, goalies to go to, that's exactly how the league is going right now, I feel. I feel like most teams are starting to balance their goal is out 50-50 if they're able to do it. And the Islanders are lucky enough that they have two goalies that they can do that with. And if anything, it, it, it keeps them, you know, when a, when a goalie goes in that hasn't played in a bit or, you know, is chomping at the bit to get in between the pipes, you know, that can kind of send a bit of energy to, up through the lineup. So I, I, I think that in that sense it's helped them. I do agree that, you know, around this point, they have not had a lot of pucks go their way, and they're not taking it well. That's the toughest part, I think, is they're not used to the pucks not going their way, and it's, you know, been a tough pill to swallow. You know, what happened against Washington the other day, I really I couldn't believe my eyes. It just, everything, as swiftly as it came, came crumbling down, like right in front of them, and it just, you know, those are the types of games that are, like, back-breaking, you know. Like, those are the types of games that define your season. So they're really in a rut right now at a very, you know, inopportune time. So this break definitely will, will be necessary. Yeah. But first, they have to uh, hopefully avenge the last two losses against the Rangers before they take that break. <laughs> but, Molly, uh, this was great. Uh, we'll talk to you soon down the road. And a special thanks to Molly Walker for, from The Post for joining us. Say, go check out her work. It's fantastic. And it's really good that we actually have somewhat of a semi-beat writer. I, I didn't want to promote her and give her a new title there. But she, um, yeah, she's doing great work. And it's it's been a long time since either The Post or The Daily News have had a Islander beat writer. Yeah, New York City is actually kind of paying attention to us right now. Yeah, exactly. Rather than just, you know, when it's dealing with, you know, owners going to prison or arena stuff. So <laughs> that's good. But before we go, uh, I want to thank our sponsor, VintageIceHockey.com. Uh, 
Capital District Islanders, one of the newest logos on there. I got my shirt recently. And just a little bit of uh, a tease here for Lighthouse Look Back. I just interviewed today a former member of the Capital District Islanders who played a few games with the Islanders, the big club. And well, his episode will be released sometime. Don't really have a schedule for that, but look for that. You can look for all the defunct logos on the website. Uh, and I think Kevin's doing a uh, Valentine's Day sale. So check out that. Use that code before you use the Buzz 15. He does a great job. Um, the Isles Buzz merchandise there is fantastic. I just recently got Zach and myself a hoodie, and it's great material. The logo looks great. So get a shirt, get a mug, get a uh, hoodie on there. They're fantastic. Yes, use the coupon code Buzz 15. Save yourself some money. Absolutely. So, uh, one more game before the break, and it's very possible, Dan, that when we come back following the break, and I think the first game is, what, Vancouver? Yeah, I think they, so. Uh, uh, that's going to be fun. Yeah, they could be out of the playoffs. Oh, uh, well, let's hope. Uh, I think we, I feel like we, we all need this break as much as the team does. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll, we'll see you after the break, then. 